When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's Wednesday, May 26, 2021. Hello from Toronto, Canada, planet Earth. Gym Rats and Joints is a podcast about basketball. A more obvious sentence has never been uttered, but it aims to use basketball and sports as a launch pad for deeper conversation about life and experience from a uniquely Canadian perspective, not only in storytelling and opinions, but from the very topics we discuss. For so long, the sport of basketball has existed in Canada, not only in the shadow of the United States, but in the shadow of hockey. That's a lot of competition in the space for the hearts and minds of Canadians. But in 2019, the Toronto Raptors shocked the world and won the NBA championship, elevating the sport within the nation. Additionally, basketball helped Canada rise in visibility across the globe. My name's Dan Gladman, and I was in the fortunate chair of TV producer during the Raptors' historic run. I produced all the Raptors' game broadcasts from October 2009 right up until Christmas Day on 2019. I've seen a lot. This professional position has enabled me to watch a lot of basketball and meet and befriend so many people who are expert in the sport and the various players, executives, broadcasters, and leagues that make talking about basketball so enticing and interesting. But before my life being paid to watch ball, I was more than just a casual fan. They called me Hoops G in high school, even though I languished on the bench on the varsity team. Despite my minimal minutes and less than stellar play, I was a Hoops junkie, absorbing every little tidbit about the NBA and NCAA I could find. It's that historical background that I bring to gym rats and joints to combine with the state of the game in present day. The conversations heat up with friends and colleagues who I've had basketball debates with for years. We talk about the National Basketball Association, the NCAA, FIBA International Basketball, and the Canadian Elite Basketball League, an up-and-coming domestic organization that I'm honored to be producing broadcasts for. With an eye on the history of basketball, especially here in Canada, we bring some regular features to our show, including this date in Toronto Raptors history. I know I was there. Of all the interesting moments the Raptors experienced in their first 25 years, I was probably there. So let's flash back. Also, you'll enjoy the game I'll never forget, memories and inspirations from sporting events attended and maybe played in by myself and special guests. So thank you for giving us a listen. I'm sure you'll find this isn't your normal everyday podcast. Think of it more as your friendly neighborhood basketball podcast. Any idea is on the table with a preference towards Canadian topics. We're generally on once a week, wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, even on the Acast app. Rate and review us, follow us on Twitter, and send us questions. What would you like to hear about? 
We're keeping this podcast in the community. So check us out and do all those things that social media can do. I'm Dan Hoops G, Danny G, and you're listening to Gym Rats and Joints. Subscribe and follow. A nicely articulated positive vibrations review would be appreciated. We're going to start today's show with something I like to call this date in Toronto Raptors history. I know I was there. It's a day late, but on May 25th, 2019, the Raptors made Canadian history. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks 100 to 94 to clinch their Eastern Conference Finals Series four games to two and advance to the NBA Finals for the first time where they would meet the Golden State Warriors. Despite shooting one of eight from three-point land, Kawhi Leonard would score 27, along with 17 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, and two steals. He literally did it all for the Raptors. Fred Van Vliet scored 14 off the bench with four three-pointers. Giannis Antetokounmpo was held to 21 points as the Raptors beat the Bucks for the fourth straight time after trailing 2-0 in the series. This date in Toronto Raptors history, I know I was there, sponsored by no one, but hashtagged on Twitter, T-D-I-T-R-H. Check out our Twitter account at Jim Rats Podcast. We're on Instagram as well. Now, I haven't been around the Raptors much for the past 17 months, but I've kept a close eye on the most entertaining league in North America, the NBA. Here's my thoughts on the playoffs thus far, basically looking at Tuesday night's games. Brooklyn beats Boston 130 to 108. That gives the Nets a 2-0 lead in the, in the series. The big three of Harden, Durant, and Irving scored 82 points in game one. They only needed 71 in game two. This is what they were brought together for. Durant, Tuesday night, a pedestrian, 26 points in 29 minutes and four blocks. Joe Harris, 25 points on seven of 10 shooting from three. No net played more than 29 minutes. I have to ask the question, who is going to beat these guys? Um, I, I predicted on the Jim Rats and Joints Twitter account that the Nets would win this series in four straight. I have no reason to think otherwise. If you look at Boston, Tatum, now nine of 32 in the series. I just don't see the Celtics winning a game. And it's going to be Brad Stevens who's going to be on the hot seat in the off season. The truth though, is that they've made the East finals in two of the last three or three of the two of the last four years. So maybe it's Danny Ainge who, sh who should be on the hot seat for not really improving this team this year. The truth is though, without Jalen Brown, they just don't have a chance, not even to win a game. Moving out West, the LA Lakers beat the Suns 109-102 to tie the series 1-1. Anthony Davis comes alive after blaming himself for the game one loss. He scores 34 with 10 rebounds and seven assists, not to mention the 18 of 21 from the free throw line. LeBron hit some key threes and even Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder contributed a far more complete effort from the Lakers. Although the bench is still spotty. There's just not a lot of depth there. Um, LeBron and AD combined for 77 minutes. That is a lot in the first round, but it really was a must win. The Lakers win it 109-102, uh, and they go home now with the series tied. For the Suns, Devin Booker, 17 of 17 from the, three, from the free throw line, 
and 31 points, but only three assists. He had eight in game one, and I think he's going to have to be a bit a bit more of a playmaker in addition to being a scorer, but people are going to have to hit their shots. Chris Paul has only 13 points in the first two games. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is really impressing me. Um, double doubles in both games, looking terrific. Problem for the Suns, he's the only big they have. And, and when you look at the Lakers, Davis, Drummond, Marcus Gasol, they are behemoths compared to the Suns. I don't see the Lakers having any problem winning game three and four at home. I had the Lakers in seven, but I'm wondering now if Phoenix can even win one game on the road, especially now that they have to face the adversity of having lost a game at home. Uh, Dallas, 127. LA Clippers, 121. The Mavericks lead the series 2-0. Toronto Raptors Twitter is going nuts, saying that Kawhi Leonard blew it. He blew what he had in Canada by going to the Clippers with Paul George as his wingman. And now they're sputtering towards the second straight crushing playoff disappointment. I, I also thought uh, Kawhi was in a great situation in San Antonio until things went awry with that organization over his injury. So if things don't work out with the Clippers, people are going to look back at, at Kawhi's career and wonder why he left two glorious situations in Toronto and San Antonio. The truth is he's doing all he can. He had 41 points in game two. And even PG, Paul George, had 28 and 12. But still, the Clippers are no match for Luka Doncic, who improved on his game one triple-double to put up 39, seven rebounds, seven assists. Kristaps Porzingis was better for Dallas. And Tim Hardaway, who had scored a 21 in game one, scores 28 in game two, including six of eight from three. The Mavs now go back to Dallas, looking to sweep the Clippers right out of the playoffs. I think coach Ty Lu needs to make some adjustments. Patrick Beverly is just not getting the job done. We knew this would be the case. Rajon Rondo has championship experience, including just last year. I think he needs to start for the Clippers. And where is Serge Ibaka? Five minutes in game two. Is he injured? I don't know, but I think you have to get him out there, get him in some pick and pop situations. Let him show you what he can do. It worked in Toronto. Put it in play in LA. That's why you brought him. Zubach and, uh, and Marcus Morris aren't getting the job done. Okay, some news on the Canada basketball front. On Monday night, Victoria Day, a post emerged from Andrew Wiggins' Instagram account indicating he will be playing for Canada this summer, starting with the FIBA Olympic qualifying tournament beginning June 29th in Victoria, British Columbia. This is a last chance tournament for six teams to qualify for the Tokyo Games, but only one will get a berth to the Olympics. So you have to, you have to win the tournament outright. Second place is last. With Jamal Murray and Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, out indefinitely with injuries and key Canadians like RJ Barrett and Dwight Powell still going in the playoffs, Wiggins' inclusion on the roster is a key shot in the arm for head coach Nick Nurse. I now like Canada's chances to win this and move on to the Olympics. Of course, we just need the Tokyo Olympics to take place. Time to introduce my guest. He's been the Raptors super fan since day one. But do you know when day one was? November 3rd, 1995. That's day one in the history of the Toronto Raptors franchise. And since that day, there has not been a more diehard 
ever-present fan than Nav Bhatia. After the 2019 championship run, Nav was known all over Canada and much of the USA too. He was interviewed during the finals by ESPN. He represents so much of what Toronto and Canada are about, and it's not a surprise that his rise to fame and glory came at the same time as the Raptors' rise and the sports' meteoric rise in Canada. I was at every Raptors game from October 2009 until Christmas Day 2019, and there was Nav, certainly at all the home games and most of the road games as well. For his unstoppable super fanery of the Toronto Raptors, Nav was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts on May 15, 2021. The first fan to be so inducted. You know who else was in his induction class? Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Nav is the original superfan and now a Hall of Famer. He has been my friend for many years and he will join me on Gym Rats and Joints right after this. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a fan, this is something you cannot even imagine. I have gone from a championship to leading and being the grand marshal of the biggest sports parade, receiving a championship ring, and now being honored in basketball greatest building. Nav Bhatia, super fan, member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Thanks for being here. It's wonderful to see you. It's been a long time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dan, for saying those kind words. And um, I missed you all this time also with this COVID going on. But very soon when the COVID is over, we got to get together. Sounds fabulous. Nav, it's always been a dream of mine to attend the Basketball Hall of Fame induction. I couldn't have dared dream to one day be inducted. What was the feeling for you to walk among the greats of the sport and to speak in front of them after becoming a Hall of Famer as a fan? I tell you one thing, it's still, I am pinching myself. I was there for three or four hours in the Hall of Fame. The most prestigious building for basketball with all the big legends during the last 70 years, almost over 300 of them. But I tell you, when they took me to my gallery, the new gallery, Superfan Gallery, I, and they cut the, we cut the ribbon and then we saw it. I saw, you know, my jersey, the Superfan jersey, which I was presented by Isaiah Thomas in 98-99 season. And then my one basketball, the replica of this ring, and also 
my bubble head, and then this the cheers, the raptor cheer, A12. And then all of a sudden, I looked up and it was my turban, white turban with my red band, the turban I wore during the championship run in Oakland. So when I saw that, I teared up because for a Sikh, as a practicing Sikh in our faith, turban is our crown, which you wear every day. And now it's right there and I couldn't believe it. And then, then we had 10 minutes of video going on a screen and few feet away, when you go, it's Kobe Bryant's gallery. It's Kobe Bryant's exhibit. So I'm pinching myself with among all those greats. So it is, but it's hard to believe, but it did happen. But as a fan, you cannot dare to dream what has happened to be in the Hall of Fame, to be honored in Hall of Fame. A absolutely. I, and I love the class you go in with. Kobe <laughs> Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Rudy Tomjanovich. What a year you chose, Nav, to go into the Hall. <laughs> well, it was amazing. And I met each one of them other than Kobe Bryant, who is resting in the heaven. But I had a chat with Tim. I had a really chat, good chat with Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett and me always had problems because <laughs> when, he, when he was at the free throw, I used to pick on him big time. And he always used to tell the referees that uh, I'm drunk and all those things. Little he knows that I never drink. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't womanize, I only raptorize. <laughs> you have one addiction, Nav, and that is basketball. Basketball. Uh Nav, when did you learn that you would be going into the Hall of Fame and how did you re react in that first moment? You know, it was, uh, I think, 10th of February last year in 2020, just below, before the, uh, before the All-Star game. And you know what? Rinku comes to me, my manager of push marketing, comes to me and says, Nav, this is what's happening. I said, get out of here. I thought he was... Uh, you know, doing it, he was joking with me and making a, you know, pulling my leg and all that. But Lord behold, it was true. And they wanted to do this ceremony in uh, September last year, but because of COVID, they kept on postponing, postponing and postponing. And, you know, till it happens, I didn't want it to feel it, you know? And so it happened this uh, March the 15th. And I tell you, I'm grateful to Almighty and all the fans and who give me and support me and people like you who have supported me for such a long time. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm thankful. Uh, but still, it's not, it's very hard to believe that I am in there. Well, if you ask Canadian fans, I don't think okay. anyone is, is surprised by it. And I think we all believe it. And, and I, I think you represent um, what it means to be Canadian and to be a Canadian basketball fan to be in there. So I, for one, am incredibly proud of you, and I was so happy to see it. You know, Nav, um, you and I, as longtime fans of basketball and of the Raptors, um, witnessed such a special moment in 2019 when the Raptors actually won the championship, won the NBA Finals in Oakland. I've talked about my feelings that night, that day. I would love to hear, hear it from you, your feelings in, in that moment when the Raptors won. You know, I was in Oakland at the time. I was on, I was courtside just behind the uh, Golden State bench. And I tell you, what an amazing, you know, what an amazing, amazing 
time it was it was one of those again the time where you don't want to believe you are among 20000 people and two or three about 3000 of canadians are there watching and cheering on the raptors and when we won right after that you know i thank the almighty because as a fan you can dream to be a part of the championship team and that's what happened it was a reality and you know in the next minute or so i saw steve kerr coming to me and hugging me and congratulating me and that was very amazing because uh, you know here he is he was the champ uh, and he's coming he was the opposing coach head coach he comes and hugs me and says now we lost but i i'm so happy for you winning it because if any fan deserved you deserve it and then all the golden state players came the coaches came hugged me and it was a good feeling and i felt that they were genuinely really hugging me and giving me their love and congratulations so it was amazing that that few minutes and you know right after that then i was on the court side and i know that 3000 people the canadian basketball fans they were all behind our bench there and cheering singing the o canada and then i was asked by the nba security and the golden state security to go into the crowd and calm them down and it had been already 30 minutes and they asked me to tell them not to exit because they were worried that something negative might happen so i go into the crowd as the super fan for the raptors and they started lifting me and throwing me in the air uh, you know and the nba security calls me back and the golden state security calls me back they said hey we we sent you there to calm them down and you are becoming a part of that i said look <laughs> this is the first time it has happened we promise you give me 30 minutes to 45 minutes let's enjoy the moment let give us the permission to enjoy it and nothing will happen and that's exactly what happened for 45 minutes to an hour we celebrated it and then we exited without any issue that's what we the canadians do <laughs> in a class we celebrated and nobody even the nba security and the golden state people were saying we have never witnessed this that kind of a celebration in somebody else's arena and in a such a elegant and classy way so that's what my feeling you know well we had been seeing it for years right in, in detroit i mean uh the announcers on television were starting to call it toronto southwest uh you know as the raptors <laughs> the raptors fans would completely take over um the the arena. detroit arena yes that's right now it's little caesar's arena now but it was it was the palace of auburn hills and for a few years there it was it was just a, a a Toronto crowd taking over i i love that you went in there and basically were the conductor of the <laughs> celebration but i i definitely remember in, in game at the end of games 3 and 4 even game 3 when the raptors went up 2-1 winning on their floor you really knew the fans knew that Toronto was going to win this right and you you could see it by the crowd that that knowledge that we were taking over literally destroying oracle arena Um I I think that my question for you here is was there a point earlier in the year maybe in the playoffs maybe it was the regular season maybe it was the day they traded for Kawhi when did you know there was something different about the 2019 season and that this team is going to was was going to win the championship You know that's a good question and I'm going to be as honest as I can be you know because NBA is a very tough league you know that and uh, Golden State who has been a champions for so many times but it was not then during the but it was the 
Philadelphia series when the basketball hit the rim four times and went in. And the guard, I thought that was the biggest assist God has given to a team. And at that time, I felt that I think God wants us to win. If we can win this, then the Milwaukee, we go there the third round Milwaukee and we lose the first two games. And then we come back and we get the next four. You know, that was a, I mean, at that time, it had started sinking in. Yes, we have a chance because Milwaukee was a powerhouse, you know. And when you get swept in the first two games, the way we did, I tell you, it is, uh, it was a, then I knew that, you know what, it is going to happen. You know, when we won the, th when we won the Milwaukee, the last game, I knew that we have a chance. But on the Philadelphia game, I knew when the ball uh, hit four times that guard is on our side and there is going to be something special this time. Absolutely. It was, it was like destiny. And I'll, I'll throw this out for our producer, Dan Wong. It was like Maradona, the hand of God, right? In the 86th yeah. World Cup. Very, very similar situation. Nav, how, how do you explain your rise to really to fame in Canada during the championship campaign of 2019? As I said earlier, you represent what Canada is in so many ways. Can you explain or illustrate how people react to you when when they see you in Canada and you know even in the states at the games? Well, uh, Dan, who knows more than better than you know? You know it. You were on the other side of the camera. You were the producer of all those games, and you knew that when I went into the arena, especially you know a arena which is a tough arena like Philadelphia, where the fans spit on you if you're from the other team. They call you names. And when I go there, I get people asking for picture, hugging me. Yes, they are wearing their, they are wearing their own Philadelphia jerseys. But again, same thing in Milwaukee, such a conservative area. But when I went there, you know, people lining up, 200 people lining up to take a picture with me. That's pure love. Because everybody in the NBA, the fans knew. That's yes, I love my Raptors, but I also love and respect all the opposing players, all the opposing right. coaches and the referees. So they know that for 48 minutes of the game, I'm competing with them. I'm their enemy or whatever you want to call it. But before 48 minutes and after, uh, after the 48 minutes, we are brothers and we, we, you know, break bread together. And I have done that with the opposing players, with the opposing coaches. I've done that. So, you know, everybody knows that. Even now at the Hall of Fame, when I was there, Sam Cassell came, Doc Rivers came, Popovich came. You know, the love. Tim Duncan came. Parker was making fun of me. He says, man, I'm the defensive guy. I'm the guy who shoot three and you are in the Hall of Fame before me. We were having fun. You know, Sean Marks was there, uh, the general manager for uh, Nets and all that. And I, I tell you, it's amazing the way we have been able to get the love because I think people know that, that this guy, this guy with the turban and beard, super fan of the Raptors, loves players, and I respect everybody. You know, I'm going to give you a story in Golden State. When I was there, I used to, you know, go there before the arena. I was on the first take. I was on the other programs, people at the at national television for the basketball in America. And I tell you, we were having a... People were giving me hugs. People were buying me food. People were inviting me to stay with them. 
So it is an amazing how basketball or, and how the sports, especially basketball, has brought us all together and they have given me, and it is such an inclusive sports. And, I'm, and this was my dream to bring the people together through the game of basketball. And I think we have done that. We, and we are, but we have to continue doing more and more and more. You know. What a fabulous answer to that question, Nav. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. I, I remember as a young, a young, maybe a teenager going to a hockey game in Philadelphia, and I made the mistake of rooting for the New York Rangers and somebody spilled a beer on my head. Nav, <laughs> the, the Raptors didn't make the playoffs in 2021. The first time... They've missed the postseason in eight years. They played in Tampa, Florida. They've been away from home since March 2020. There was a COVID outbreak. I'm not giving these as excuses, um, but I, uh, as someone who I know was following, maybe had to watch more on TV than you're used to. What, what went wrong with your team this season? Well, what went wrong with our team was that, first of all, we were playing miles, thousands of miles away. And you know, and everybody knows, Raptors team feeds off their fans. You know, we have a Jurassic Park outside, 15,000 people. We have 20,000 people inside. And you know what? That didn't happen for them. They were missing the fans. And then they had an outbreak. So these are not excuses. These are the things which, have, which were the reality. And you know what? Yes, we had. But I bet you one thing. If... They would have played in Toronto these games. We would have been in the playoffs. I can assure you that. I, you know, when Milwaukee again, I'm going to go back on the 19 run. Milwaukee, the first two games we lost in Milwaukee in that uh, in that series. The third game, I made sure I gave so much hard time to Giannis, uh, the Greek, the freak that he missed so many free throws, and we won that game. And I remember Coach Nurse coming and saying. Thank you, Nav. This was a game dedicated to you. You are the one. But, you know, it's a team thing. And, yes, our team feeds off the fans. Well, it's it would be very difficult to disagree with that. The, the home court definitely has done a lot for the Raptors in, in those eight years. Nav, can you explain the job, in, in your words, as someone who has witnessed this so closely, a, the job that Masai Ujiri has done as the president in, in the early days, the general manager. And also, can you speak to the fact that as we head into this summer of 2021, he is a free agent. We really haven't heard a lot from the source about what is going to be his next move. Explain what he's done for this franchise and tell me honestly if you think he will be staying in Toronto. Well, I think we have to agree on this, that he has brought the winning culture. But again, I think it was built not just by him. The previous Brian Colangelo did a hell of a job. I mean, kudos to Brian Colangelo also. But everybody did their own job, you know. This was not built overnight. This was the... Every, you know, uh, 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 the, a lot of players who played, you know, with the Raptors like Daniel Marshall and all that. And I tell them, hey, I said, you are a part of this championship ring. And they said, and I told Vince, when Vince was playing with the Atlanta Hawks and he came, I said, Vince, you got to wear this uh, ring because you are a part of this. And uh, you know what? It started, you know, there. It, it, the, each brick, a home was not built like that. Every brick, which was people like 
anybody who was there once thereafter they have a role to play in that and yes messiah did a good job in bringing that culture and finally finishing that building and doing the ribbon cutting for the building by getting a championship now we have a good team up there we have a bobby webster overall there and i hope sae stays in and uh, be a part i believe he loves uh, uh, toronto but again this is basketball this is business in a way and uh, let's hope whatever he decides if he you know i hope he stays but if he doesn't we wish him all the best and uh, uh, maybe it, it, bobby webster will come on but i hope that mashaya stays and next year we are back again with in the top part of the eastern conference and uh, that's how i feel you know for me as a fan i'm ready let them the management do the changes on october the 28th when their first game is going to be played i'm going to play with the team i'm handed with whoever <laughs> is there i'm a team guy i'm going to you know but once a raptor always a raptor i say that so wherever they go they will be still a raptor okay okay great answer you're right you know brian colangelo traded for Kyle Lowry drafted DeMar DeRozan and Jonas Valančiūnas who became mm-hmm, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard and Marc Gasol so a lot of those decisions you're absolutely right had had a lot to do with it now have you mentioned Vince Carter and I was going to bring Vince Carter up anyway uh one of the memories etched in my mind is when Vince Carter hugs you on the floor of Madison Square Garden 2001 mm. when the raptors win their first playoff series ever uh they they beat the new york knicks 3 games to 2 yeah it was a best of 5 in those days those days yes vince's vince's legacy with the raptors is cloudy um mm. he had incredible years with the team but then his departure from the team was was very controversial and then he came back with the new jersey nets beats the raptors in a playoff round I'd like to hear you speak more to his importance in the in the development of the franchise. You know, uh I believe he's the greatest Raptors ever. Wow. Not you know, and I'm not going to take this away from anybody else. He is the greatest Raptors ever not because he was the best dunker, not because he was the best athlete, but the way he put us on the map we could have been another grizzlies and not exist but vince nobody used to come at that time you know uh, to canada vince was the first big name which came to canada and you know what it's not just what he did in the game of basketball the way he inspired the youth he is one guy and let me share this with you from my heart because i'm very close to the carter family still his the carters were the first one while i was being honored in the hall of fame to message me that they are over the moon watching all that so you know i tell you they are very close to me but again i thank vince for everything he has done but especially which how he inspired the kids every season when the games are over the the players take the next flight if not the same night but the next day to get out of toronto vince for his all the season he was here he never did that he did a camp for one week every year 
and brought we brought 600 kids every camp and because of those camps we have today 20 NBAers, Canadian NBAers like Jamal Murray, Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson, Kelly, uh, you know, uh, Wiggins and all those. These were the kids who used to come to the camp. What he did, he changed the culture of these basketball guys. And that's what he did. He gets the credit to uh, where we are as a Canada basketball right now. Look at the big stars we have in the Canada basketball now. And uh, I think kudos to Vince Carter for doing that. Nobody has done the way he did it. And you said there was a cloudy, you know, sort of departure. One day in the next year or so, a book is going to come out. I might have a one or two chapters in that book. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know that. Michelle has already started, with the, they have started writing it. And uh, in the next couple of years, you will see a book coming and it is going to, clear the clouds and it's going to be sunny and clear to everybody what really happened and the myth and the promotions what people did at the time you will find out how far was it come true okay well i i heard it there first that the the air about the vince carter departure is going to be cleared uh you know nav i i was a vince carter fan when he was a player at north carolina and i was uh, devastated for him when his teams didn't get to the championship game. Um, they got to the final four. I think one year they lost to Utah and maybe one year to Arizona. For him to have come to Toronto when he did, how he did, and what he did in those first few years, I agree with you. Absolutely magic and really established basketball in Toronto and in all of Canada. There, there's no denying it. Um, Nav, let's take the 2019 championship team out of the equation and the Vince Carter teams. Is there another favorite era of Raptors basketball that really stands out for you, that you really enjoyed? Well, you want to take the Vince Carters out also? Yeah, it, and... it, it can't be a Vince Carter era, and it can't be, you know, the, the later years of, the, of this championship era. Let, let's almost say... No Kyle Lowry, no Vince Carter. What's another Raptor team that you really liked? Well, you know what? Even in the beginning when Damon Stallermeyer was there, Marcus yeah. Kemp, you know, I enjoyed it, even though it was in the Sky Dome. But for me, it was a novelty, you know, to be a part of the NBA game and seeing the high uh, I, legends like Michael Jordan flying through the air and doing the shots nobody could do it. I mean, I was there at the Sky Dome all the time, you know, watching... As everybody knows that I've never missed a game. So that era was me. For me, I tell you, uh, I enjoyed my journey as a Raptors fans from the day one. And yes, there were some very down times when we only won 16 or 17 or 21 games in the season. And when we had only three or 4,000 or 6,000 people left in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, or we were losing by 20 points. But I tell you, for me, I enjoyed genuinely every moment. Of, that, of this journey. And uh, you cannot appreci appreciate the good one if you haven't gone through the bad ones. And I've gone through all. So I appreciate uh, <laughs> having the opportunity to be a part of all the teams. And uh, they are all memorable to me. Absolutely. There was a fun factor to the Raptors this season, even finishing 27 and 45. You got to see 
younger players coming coming on board, developing, and now you have an eye to the future. And and now that I want to ask you about that, the future of of the sport of basketball in Canada. You know, the, the Raptors conquered this country and they've made basketball a household sport in all of Canada, which, you know, even 10 years ago would have seemed like a long shot. But, he, you know, here we are today. What, what do you think can still be achieved in this country when it comes to the sport? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to tell you one thing that in my community, the Indian community, the South Asian community, the Pakistani community, and the Filipino community. We love, we, I mean, we have fallen in love with basketball. My community, I go to Vancouver or I go to Toronto in the temples before COVID, you know, when I used to go, I had like 80, 90 year old people telling me that, hey, we watch you all the time and we watch these sports, the playoff, they were watching it like with three generations. You know, with 20 people in a room, they had their own Jurassic Park in their living room, watching on the TV, you know, having the pakoras and the samosas and the tea and all that. And the older people, yeah. like 90-year-old 90 90 year men, hey, we love it. We love it, basketball. And a 90-year-old man, I still remember one day in the temple telling me, hey, tell the coach not to do this kind of a substitution. He made something. Like he's telling me to talk to the coach. So this 90-year-old Punjabi guy with a beard and turban telling me. So they are, in, they are engrossed in the game of basketball. And I tell you, it's going to be going up and up. 20 years ago, I used to go to somewhere to buy some basketball gears. You couldn't find it. You know, you find some basketball gear. So it's good. And you know what? I'm happy because this game of basketball is a cheap game. In the cheap game in the sense you have a $10, $20 basketball and you can start shooting it. Where in the other sports like hockey or whatever, you have yeah. to spend a lot of money. And when the immigrants coming in, they don't have that kind of a money. So I think this is going to go up and up and up. And I think we are going to give competition to hockey one day for being the sports, Canadian sports. Bold statement that I happen to agree with. Nav, we'll, we'll, uh, I want to ask you one more question. I want to ask you about your, your Nav Bhatia Superfan Foundation that you founded um, years ago. Um, tell me about it. Tell me about its accomplishments so far and what, you, what your aims are to, to utilize it for in the future. You know, I'm glad you asked me for that because basketball was my entertainment, my source of entertainment. After I came here, from India, you know, first 10 years, I just worked for 100 hours a week, you know, to support myself and family and to be comfortable. But let me tell you, and I enjoy, I enjoy the entertainment basketball provides. I always say this is the most entertaining sports on this planet. And, uh, you know, but now it is more than entertainment. It has become four or five years ago when I became, started becoming popular. Uh, you know, I, I got hooked up, you know, there were like four or five charitable organization who wanted to have me as their ambassador. But I joined uh, hands with uh, a Christian organization, which is the biggest Christian organization called World Vision. And uh, everybody said, hey, now, why are you going on the Christian organization? But I tell you, they are the best organization and they directly make an impact on the kids. And that's very important to me, especially the girls. So they came up with a project in 20, December 4th, 2016. They said, now we will be needing about over $300,000 to make uh, uh, 
uh, about 135 washrooms in 35 schools in a poor neighborhood where the girls drop out of the school at the age of 11 when their period starts because there's no washrooms in the school and they drop out. And then they get married at the age of 13 and they have kids at the age of 14 and 15. I thought that was, uh, you know, a sin and a crime because a kid having a kid, you know, I mean, 14 year old girl is a kid. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I said, you know, we got to, so I loved that idea and I became, and I want to let you know that today we have completed the first project with 135 washrooms in 35 schools and the girls, thousands of girls are continuing their educations and they're going to be the world changer. But the next project we are starting in August again with World Vision, where we are committing more than half a million dollars to build the washrooms and play basketball. So I am, uh, you know, that's one of the projects. And the second thing which Nabbatiya Superfan Foundation does is we build basketball courts. We are going to start uh, the groundbreaking next week, I believe, in Malton to build four basketball courts where we have contributed uh, half of the money to the city of Mississauga to make it. And we are going to do programming with MLSE and other people uh, to make good program in that area so that the kids don't waste the energy on the drugs and the gangs and they go put their energy through the game of basketball, you know, and discipline themselves and learn and be a better citizen. Nav Bhatia, Raptors super fan, basketball hall of famer, ring collector, <laughs> one of the best interviews I've ever spoken to. And my friend, I love what you said earlier about the NBA and all the NBA players. I am the same. I'm, I'm kind of a, a nomad right now in terms of a favorite team, but I have always loved the league it, it, as a whole. I love the players. I think what they accomplish on a nightly basis is absolutely incredible. Nav, thank you for speaking with me today and always being so generous with your time and friendship. Congratulations on your Hall of uh, your Hall of Fame induction. All of Canada is so proud of you. Thank you very much. But I just want to let you know when I got this ring, I accepted this on the behalf of all the fans. And same thing with Hall of Fame. I'm taking everybody who loves basketball because I'm the first fan to be honored there. I'm taking everybody in that Hall of Fame. Thank you very much for talking to me. And anytime I can talk basketball, let me know. And in the end, I want to say kudos to NBA because they are the most inclusive and they are always on the right side of the causes. So I'm so blessed that I'm involved with NBA. And I know that because I travel all around North America and, and I love it. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Time now for the game I'll never forget. May 25th, 2019. Toronto Raptors 100, Milwaukee Bucks 94. The Raptors win the East Finals 4-2. to two. I had been sick during game four at home and lost my voice. I barely made it through the game. The next day, I flew with the team to Milwaukee, where I basically cowered and hid at the back of the plane un until we landed and I could get to my hotel room and get into bed. Uh, somehow I survived game five in Milwaukee and started to feel better, especially after the team won and, and was up three to two heading home to wrap up the East. So now it's the 25th, it's game six. 
I took the streetcar to Scotiabank Arena, not wanting to drive because I felt that if the Raptors won, it might be a little sticky getting out of there. There could be a, a big celebration when people realize that the Raptors are going to the NBA Finals. Unfortunately, I left my credential and key card at home. I realized this halfway. It was a warm, humid day in Toronto. I had to go back home on the next streetcar, walk back. Now I'm running late and I'm stressed and I took an Uber. One thing that I had prepared prior to the game was the opening tease for the broadcast, which was on Sportsnet. And as I was writing the words, I was writing the words that the Raptors were on the verge of making the NBA Finals. And one of my favorite songs as a teenager growing up in Toronto is called On the Verge by the Tragically Hip. And my boss at the time, Aaron LaFontaine, was able to acquire the rights and we used the song in the opening of the broadcast. And, and something that struck me on not even a year later when I was watching the Academy Awards was a, a quote from Boon Joon Ho during his acceptance speech. Uh, he was the director uh, for the movie Parasite and he won, uh, he won for best director and best film, but he was referencing some advice that he was given or he read by Martin Scorsese. And that is, the most personal is the most creative. And that has stuck with me since. And I, and I realized at the time of writing this tease, writing everything that I ever did about the Raptors was that it was my personal experience with the team, working with the team and in my own life that inspired me to be at my most creative. And that was why um, the song On The Verge, which just to me spoke to that moment and spoke to being Canadian, worked for me in that opening tease and that broadcast. I'm proud we used the song. Gord Downey himself had come to a Raptors game just a year earlier before his death, and Drake praised him in front of everyone. We showed it on TV during the broadcast. It was a wonderful moment. But back to the game. With the Raptors on the verge of the NBA Finals, Kawhi scored 27 points, but he could not hit a three. He was one for eight. He had 17 rebounds. He was already bored man. By this point, Boardman gets paid, but now Boardman gets back to the NBA Finals. Fred Van Vliet had 14 off the bench. He was four or five from three. He had recently become a father for the second time, and he had been shooting cold in the days before the birth, and all of a sudden, his, heat, his shooting heated up. Uh, the game was close from beginning to end. Giannis Antetokounmpo was frustrated by the Raptors' wall defense throughout the series, daring him to shoot or pass to his to his teammates he just could not get to the basket in the half court offense in the last four games of the series and th that's what happened the raptors would win the last four when coach nick nurse instituted that wall it was amazing to see the raptors come back from two games down to win four in a row the building was tense all the fans knew what was at stake i will never forget kyle lowry at the end of the game holding the game ball, smiling, smiling wide, barely knowing what to do with himself as he realized his team had won the East and he'd be playing in the NBA Finals for the first time after so many years already in Toronto. And on the game broadcast on Sportsnet, Leo Routens, who was the analyst that night, and like my guest earlier, Nav Bhatia, a tried and true, legitimate, there in his role since day one guy, looked emotional to me I, I kind of thought he was going to cry on TV. He didn't, 
but I thought he was going to. Maybe maybe I was crying. I don't know. To have, to have won the East, to have qualified for the NBA Finals at home in Toronto was just an overwhelming feeling. And it, it had seemed like an impossible dream. But Kawhi and Lowry and company made it come true. After the game, we went off the air. But I knew I wanted a close-up glimpse of the trophy. Um, I had been tense. It all started with my failed streetcar mission to work. It was humid inside, outside. The broadcast went long as we had, we had our first trophy presentation uh, in, in our broadcast careers. I knew all this would happen, so I brought a t-shirt. I changed into the t-shirt. I found my way into the Raptors locker room, and I got a picture with the trophy for the East champions. The smile on my face says it all. I was so happy the Raptors had won the East. I was even more delighted that it meant I'd be producing the NBA Finals on TV in Canada. That is the game I'll never forget. That wraps this episode of Jim Rats and Joints. Jim Rats and Joints is written and hosted by yours truly, Dan Gladman, and produced by the amazing Dan Wong. Thank you to Eggplant Studios. We hope to be back in there soon. Thanks to Jesse Mosco, who's provided the music track, and thank you to my cousin, Dana Gladman, for the artwork. You can follow Dan Wong on social media at Dan Wong Says. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DG on the Road. Jim Rats and Joints is on Twitter at Jim Rats Podcast. Follow us, engage, tell your friends, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.